Welcome to the Disrupt Ed Podcast. I'm Tyler, and our goal is to paint a picture of what education could be and should be in the future. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Disrupt Ed Podcast. I am Tyler, your host, and I don't know if it's getting to you, but this whole uh, social distancing thing is getting to me. It's becoming real in every aspect of my life. It's probably happening for you too. If you're a student, uh, you have now a significant amount of time on your hands. You did before. You didn't know it before because you thought you were busy, but you still looked at your phone for six to eight hours a day, probably watched Netflix, and that overlapped with your phone a bit for two to four hours a day. Anywho, um, now you have a lot of time on your hands and you could be binging Netflix. You could be spending timeless, you know, just moments of your life on TikTok because it does, it's a time warp. You just go to TikTok and pretty soon two hours have vanished from your life. Um, but I would encourage you to take this time to actually do something that will return benefits when life slowly starts to get back to normal and your day gets filled up with things you have to do, things that you didn't choose because now you can. And what you choose now is going to affect what you have the ability to choose in the future. If you're a student, that means that try to find something that's interesting to you that you can learn. And you can learn about stuff. That's fine. I'm, I'm fine with it. But if you can learn how to add a skill some sort of skill or practice it or find an area of skills that interest you. I would really encourage you to do that because the days of building a resume and being a good test taker, they are crumbling quickly. I mean quickly. Just 15 years ago, this wasn't an option. And the traditional method of building a resume and getting good grades and building good marks and you know that resume, that arbitrary piece of paper, and 70% of it is probably fake or made up or embellished, that was your ticket. But now that's not it. Now you live an entire life on the internet. You have a, a bank of history there that HR directors and hiring managers would have dreamed of having 15, 20 years ago. You're telling me I can go and see what they've done personally? I can go and see what they've accomplished professionally? You mean I can go and see what they've commented politically? Ooh. Yes, I'll take that information. Thank you. They can do that now. And so that information is out there. But this is not a podcast about be careful what you put online. It stays there forever. That's an empty threat of people trying to convince you that the you shouldn't use the internet in school. Um. Yes, there are bad things in the internet, and yes, things stay there forever, but most people are human, and you're probably fine. Okay, this episode is about skills, and you have, you have something that we didn't have 15, 20 years ago. I mentioned it already. It is the internet, but it's given you access to two things. In addition to um, well, not one of these two, which is very important that I love, which is universal 24-7 immediate entertainment and escapism. We're not talking about that today, but that is amazing. The two things that I think are important are, one, you have access to nearly all of human knowledge ever, all the time, every minute. YouTube is ridiculous. 
Second, you have access to nearly anyone. You can literally reach out to and have the chance to communicate instantly with anyone. I mean anyone. LeBron James, you can give it a shot. You might get lucky. You might send him a D, you might DM his Instagram right when he's sitting down for his morning and you come to the top of the list and you say something right that catches his eye and pretty soon you get a DM straight back from LeBron. I mean, that's possible. That wasn't possible before. You can connect with other people and you can look up nearly all of human knowledge. And here you are like binging sex education on Netflix, which is an amazing show. But, um, so I, I, I want to talk about skills because skills are now evidence of things that you can do and potential value you can bring to an organization. And, and so when people look at resumes and to be honest, they don't look at resumes anymore. Hiring managers, HR directors, they don't. Resumes basically tell them nothing. They, they accept your resume electronically because they want to get your name and they want to look you up on social media. They want to see if you've done anything cool. They want to see if you've done anything stupid. And they kind of put those all together and they can build a picture of you before you walk in. Now, when you walk in and sit down, that matters. And it matters maybe more than it's ever mattered before um, because there's a pretty low bar when it comes to young people and the expectations we have of their interpersonal skills. So... I was inspired to kind of make this episode because I was scrolling LinkedIn like I do often at night and I found an article that said um, these are the top ranked skills of 2020. It wasn't these are the top things you should know before you leave education, before you leave college. These are the top things you should know when you're trying to get a job. No, 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 no. It was the top skills. Here are the things that you should be functional in. Here are the areas where you should be able to bring a company or organization value. And if you could have evidence of having done those things before for another organization or for yourself, you'll be immediately hireable. They, they see you as a functional hire. We can add a piece to our business or our organization because we're hiring this person and this person can do this. We don't have that yet. That's a much easier hire than looking at a, a resume and saying, okay, well, they, they were the captain of the you know, debate team or they got straight A's. That doesn't mean anything to them. Give them something more concrete, especially now in the scary time for business. When they start, start hiring again, and they will, they're going to be a little more deliberate about who they hire. They're going to want to hire people that are ROI positive from the beginning. And so without further ado, I'll get into those. And I'll um, walk through these. Um, and you can kind of think of them what you will, but I'll give brief, my brief interpretation of what I think they mean. So I'm going to start with the soft skills, not the hard skills, the soft skills. Uh, number one is creativity and they're all forms of creativity out there, whether you're artistic and in a digital landscape and what a business will be concerned about is, um, if I cross-reference the hard skills list, the first one I see that's really create well, a couple of them that I think are creative and um, UX design, so um, a user experience, and it could be a website, could be the front-facing portion of an app or a program. 
um, but make it look good, make it look nice. Marketing, all sorts of affiliate marketing in there too, and we'll we'll look we'll, we'll kind of tell you what that is in a second. But the ability to tell stories, I think, is what the majority of of marketing is and will be today, um, and in the future. And being creative is definitely part of that. The last one is video production. So those are skills. Um, three or four of, of the top 10 hard skills have to do with creativity. Can you bring in abstract ideas that people haven't thought about before? Or can you connect ideas that previously didn't have a connection to be able to solve problems? Or do you have that more artistic side? Can you edit video? Can you make things that look pretty, electronic or otherwise? Those are going to be things, immediate skills that companies can hire and they know exactly what to put you to work in doing. Number two is persuasion. Persuasion is the ability to sell the future, sell your vision. Can you communicate your vision in a compelling way, a, comp- a, a vision of the future as you see it? Or even better, and these are the best salespeople, the most persuasive people, they can have their audience believe a future about themselves. You explain a story, you tell a story, which again comes back to creativity, but a story that'll, that builds a vision of your audience's future and they get excited about that. Can you instill emotional reactions in people strong enough to change their behavior or to get them to do something they didn't do before? That's what persuasion is. Now, it sounds bad, it sounds evil, uh, but you can use it for good things. And I promise you it's a lot easier to be persuasive when you believe in what you're selling. Uh, persuasion also when you're storytelling and trying to, to get people to believe some vision of the future of themselves, uh, it implies that empathy is really high up there. You have to be able to understand other people. Um, in, in your generation, generation, and I'm talking to Generation Z and some very young millennials is, and maybe millennials in general, you're thought of as, just self-centered, don't care about anyone else, and you need to change that. Again, the bar, is, the bar is so low for expectations of your empathy and your ability to be persuasive that if you have any spark of natural talent in this area, you need to try and discover it. You might not have been put in a position to discover it yet, but try to do that. So when it comes to um, persuasion, there's a book that I love, if, and, and it's extremely practical. It's called Presuasion. Presuasion, P-R-E dash suasion. Look that up on Amazon, download it, read it, and you'll get some some great kind of uh, psychological advantages in there. Number three is collaboration. Collaboration, of course, is the ability to work with others well to achieve a goal. So can you work with other people, which means you have to be able to communicate with them? Uh, that is literally communicate. So speak, uh, you know, type, um, and then also, you know, read body language, but then also that comes the empathy again. Can you understand what your coworkers are feeling, even if they don't say it or show it for you? Can you kind of put yourself in their shoes? And so the ability to collaborate is essential. You've almost never done it in school. Almost never. We say we have group projects, so we're practicing collaboration. We aren't. We all know the kid, and it might be you, that's like, oh, I'm on a group project with those two. Fine, I'm just going to do all the work. I know it because I just want to get an A and be done. That is not collaboration. Collaboration 
happens and is crucial only when the problem is really, really hard and abstract, where we don't know, even we don't even know what we don't know yet to try to solve the problem. That's when effective collaboration uh, or co- the state of collaboration you have in a, in a team is actually revealed. And so it's all about communication. Number four is adaptability. Your generation, again, millennials and Generation Z, adaptability you really, really struggle with because you expect things to be linear. And so being open-minded about things and rules changing. Um, adaptability, which, to be, to be honest with you, um, school hasn't changed in nearly 130 years. It definitely didn't change that much while you were in school. So you've never really been used to that before. Each classroom might be a little bit different in expectations and rules. You can pull out your phone in one class. You can't in the other. I mean, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about like philosophical changes in an organization or a team while you're there. And adaptability, in my opinion, ultimately comes down to um, your attitude and how people perceive your attitude. Are you positive when things change or are you negative and grumble? Uh, and if you can stay positive and see the, the opportunities that are out there, you'll naturally be more adaptable. Number five is emotional intelligence. And this one to me is my favorite. Um, emotional intelligence is very much another aspect of being empathetic. It might be a synonym. Um, but that's understanding how people feel and why they feel that way and how you can affect their feelings in that way. Um, emotional intelligence is, you know, they have it as number five. Uh, and that this is based on what companies want to hire. I think if you want to be happy, emotional intelligence is number one and actually includes persuasion, collaboration, and adaptability in some ways. Definitely persuasion and collaboration. Emotional intelligence, although it's listed here as number five on this, what companies want to hire it should be number one for you. And the easiest way to start this is to pay attention to your own feelings and instead of escaping and binging or, or watching or scrolling, this sounds super cheesy. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit that I have never done this, but I'm doing it right now kind of in a way. And that is journaling or chronicling, chronicle, chronicle, chronicling, I don't know, um, your life and how you feel about what's happening. And it could be in areas of passion. That's what this podcast is for me. This is me talking about something that I'm really passionate about and to a group of people that I'm really passionate about as things happen and change. And so I have a chronicle, I use that word again, um, of the last two and a half years with a little gap in there. And it's pretty cool. It stays out there. I can go and reference it. But it's a way for me to digest what's happening in my world, connect it to myself, how do I feel about it, talk it out, and then also with with your, the listener's pers- like perspective in mind, I'm trying to understand it. Once I feel I have some angle of understanding, how do I then share it in a way that could benefit others? And that requires a whole lot of practiced emotional intelligence. I think I was like gifted with some of this, um, so maybe I'm just biased towards it, but I think if you're going to be happy and you want to practice emotional intelligence, the easiest way is to study yourself. How are you feeling? What do you like? What do you not like? Um, and a journal of some kind, whether it's 
a YouTube show. Uh, if it's a blog, I'm cool with it. YouTube shows are too salesy and pitchy and um, like kind of attention whoring. Uh, if it's a podcast or something a little slower that allows you to talk things through and understand yourself, which is really practice for understanding other people. Here's how I visual, if I would use a metaphor to describe my emotional intelligence is I am a collector of human stories. That's how I think about with myself. I have like this Rolodex that doesn't have people's names on it. It has backstories. This person, you know, person A um, is, you know, just coming off of a breakup, but they're, uh, come from a high income family and they feel this way. And, and so I, like when I talk to those people and I understand like how they're feeling and why they feel that way, I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Come from a high income family. So you were a little bit spoiled. You want things a certain way all the time. You're a little too idealistic, idealistic. And that's why your relationship didn't work out. Um, that's why you can't really, you know, stick with a job for a long time because you expect things to be kind of given to you or done for you too quickly. And then once I see or I learn an individual with that backstory, I'm like, oh, I understand that. I file it away in my Rolodex. Then when I meet someone else and they start to show me those traits, I can immediately kind of figure them out. And sometimes I'm too quick and I get it wrong. But um, that's kind of the 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 metaphor that I have just quietly thought up myself is I kind of have a Rolodex of humans and backstories and why they act certain ways in different settings. So um, that's something that I really care about. Let's get into the hard skills here. And the hard skills, to be honest, I don't have a lot of background in very many of these. Again, I'm, I'm 36. Uh, and while I am leaving my job and maybe in, we'll be in the market for a new job, um, I don't necessarily anticipate studying any of these, but I'm going to read them to you because who knows, you might be interested. Number one is blockchain and how blockchain, as far as I understand it, essentially creates like a Google doc that's shared with the world that can't be erased. And every single piece of uh, purchase history, um, valuations and exchanges of money will all be chronicled, use that word again, um, on this essentially like shared document that keeps perfect track of all of these things. And, uh, that's probably an overly simplified way of thinking about it. That's how I kind of envision it. Someone that's smarter can maybe, I can maybe have them on here to talk about it, but, um, blockchain is number one. Number two is cloud computing and cloud computing is extremely interesting. And essentially what it allows you to do and, and, um, again, this isn't my background, but I, I'm interested in technology, is that I'm not just talking about cloud storage. That is not cloud computing. Well, kind of, but not really. Cloud computing is, imagine your iPad or a tablet. Now, great display and user interface, but there's not, there's not like a lot of horsepower behind there, right? It's, it's, there's some processing power. It connects to the internet so it can pull down and, and upload information. But cloud computing would mean that that display you have is really just a display and it's connected to the internet and the internet is connected to a very, very powerful computer that is doing all of the processing work for you. And so you're not limited to just the components that can fit inside of that tablet. 
you can process and store and run programs that aren't even stored on your device, on your iPad. The iPad is just a window to that other computer. You're just getting like a stream. It's the, the iPad is just the, the monitor and the computer is just connected over the internet. Cloud computing is going to explode when 5G really takes hold. I think people underestimate what 5G is actually going to do. But um, when road signs and, and uh, surgery machines and all of these sorts of things have almost zero latency, like a, effectively zero latency, that is how quickly things can talk to each other. And the bandwidth is just exploding. You're, you're not worried about like buffering your 4K footage anymore. That would be ridiculous, like drops in a bucket. Um, but cloud computing will explode when the infrastructure gets there, and it will get there. It's almost here. Number three is analytical reasoning. Analytical reasoning is be, being able to make decisions based on data. So do you have ways... Um, to make decisions based on data or previous behaviors. And so can you look at logical situations, that is, um, at scale with big data, and then make decisions based on that? So um, that's analytical reasoning. That sounds terrible to me. Number four, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is already seeping into your world. You just don't know it. It's invisible, and that's the scary thing about it. And pretty self-explanatory, to be honest, but creating a digital consciousness that can learn and adapt and maybe even have emotions. And so it can do things without us having to tell it to do it. Yes, it might operate on a series of logarithms but uh, or alg- algorithms, but uh, it can develop its own and it can go in ways that we can't necessarily uh, predict. And I know there have been some companies that have built AIs and it started growing so quickly and learning so much and going in different directions, they shut it down because they were scared. So if that doesn't freak you out, it kind of freaks me out. But it's kind of cool at the same time. Number five is UX design or user experience design. So creating forward-facing user interfaces like uh, a computer program or an an iPhone app or um, a software you know, online or a website, understanding and building, um, you know, interfaces that work, that people like, that simplify and look nice. Number six, business analysis. So being able to look at a business, look at all of its metrics and its numbers and decide, is it a good investment? Is it not? Where does it need help? Where doesn't it need help? That sort of thing. Number seven is affiliate marketing. And affiliate marketing to me, is where um, an online retailer uh, or maybe even like a brick and mortar retailer pays a commission to an external like website or an ad agency uh, to generate leads or referrals. And so uh, they, you know, it could be, for example, like a, a solar company and they pay an affiliate marketer that does marketing for them and just feeds them leads. They don't do it as a company. Um, but you know, I think, uh, that those things are pretty ubiquitous today. And if you wanted to start an affiliate marketing company, uh, typically you need some software and some plugins and things like that, but you could get a job at an affiliate, uh, marketing firm, um, pretty easy, I think. Although, uh, who knows right now, 
Number eight is sales. And sales will never go away, especially because your generation isn't particularly good at it or ever wants to do it. The students that I have in, in CEO, and if you're listening to this, kids, you know it's true. On the first day or the first week when I start making you, I don't make you, I mean, you, you do it, but uh, when you have to make phone calls, cold calls, and these aren't even cold calls in my class. These people know you're calling or they know who you are, but cold calls to try to sell something, that is you hate that. It's the worst for you. And that's fine, but you got to get over that. If you find that you actually enjoy sales, that is, you believe in what you're selling and you like people. Sales suck if you don't believe in what you're selling or you don't like people. If you, if, if you like people, but you haven't enjoyed selling yet, it's because it's, you're selling the wrong thing. You don't sell something you believe in. Find something that you believe in and then it will click and you will be successful. Number nine, scientific computing. I have no idea what that is, so I'm hitting look up on my computer right now. Computational science, field concerned with constructing mathematical models and quantitative analysis techniques um, using computers to analyze and solve scientific problems. Puke. If you like that, good for you. And number 10, here's one that I can relate to, video production. And that one, I bet is like number two right now or number one, given our current state of things. People are consuming digital media right now with the whole COVID scare like crazy and video, just insane amounts of video being consumed right now. But number 10 is video production. And which of course is a layer of creativity, persuasion, um, emotional intelligence. And uh, that is it. That is the top 10 blockchain cloud computing, analytical reasoning, artificial intelligence, user interface, or I'm sorry, user experience design, business analysis, affiliate marketing, sales, scientific computing, and video production. If any of those things interest you, don't waste your time, or that's fine. Binge, binge sex education until it's done. And then when it's done, or in between episodes, um, just Google a few of those things. I'll have them listed in the show notes. Just copy them, Google them. See if there are any things that interest you. Watch some videos on YouTube and a few of those. And if you find something that interests you, watch more videos. That's all I'm asking you is pick some of those hard skills and just research them a little bit. You don't have to do anything. Just research it. Because if you find you're interested and you learn it on your own or you learn some of it on your own and you can sit down in an interview and you can talk intelligently about blockchain, cloud computing, uh, sales, affiliate marketing, any of those things, you can talk intelligently about that because you've done the research, you will get hired, okay? Because you actually have some skill or knowledge in those areas. All right, everybody, have fun binging. I'm going to binge too, that's fine. But spend some time learning some things and, and trying to learn about some things that you've never learned about before because you never know what you might find that you like and that is where you have the golden ticket to being happy. All right, everyone. Um, stay safe out there. Peace. Peace.